Hi, John. Oh, hi, Merlin. Oh, how are you? <clears throat> Good. I was just reading online about the gallon of milk challenge. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. You got to drink a gallon of milk, huh? You drink a gallon of milk, but it says here that it's very hard to do. I think it doesn't that kill you or something? No, it makes you makes you barf. Oh, I see. Hmm. It seems like a thing. I used to have this. Um, th- this was an ongoing uh, gag uh, on the Joko cruise because um, because one of um, one of the the regulars claimed that it would be no challenge at all to eat 50 eggs. <laughs> hey, no man can eat 50 eggs. That's that's right. And uh, and she <laughs> but she claimed that 50 eggs would not be that big of a deal and so it became and but she stuck to her guns and it became a thing where we were like come on, you can't, you know, like this is this is a legendary thing. Oh, she had she sought to cover herself in glory with this boast? Well, I don't think she we never put her to the test. Hmm. But um, but this kind of thing intrigues me a little. I'm not I'm not a, like a sport eater in this way. But apparently the huh. human stomach can only hold a half a gallon of stuff. Doesn't matter what kind of stuff. Hmm. Now that that seems crazy to me. I feel like I could drink a gallon of water in in two minutes. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. I, 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 there's a lot of angles on this. Um, the thing I always think about when I have to pee really bad is I remember hearing that under normal conditions, your bladder uh, holds one liter, of, one liter. Uh, of urine. Yeah, which is exactly as much as like a soda stream bottle or half of a two liter of Coke. <laughs> I, you know, you have these mental yeah. models for these things. When I was a kid, I enjoyed stunt eating. Um, I would famously mix all of my food at like church potlucks. Yeah. I would mix all of my food together into something I called Merlin's mush, and I thought that was very amusing. <laughs> Merlin's mush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like um, that. But I, I don't know. Today, even if we set aside the whole, like, <laughs> you know, the hardest I ever laughed at a Jay Leno bit, it's a little racist, but it was pretty funny. Mm. Back in the day when Jay Leno was still a pretty funny guy, he did a bit about Mr. Potato Head. Where you mm-hmm. go? <laughs> okay, now forgive me. I'm going to do a voice here. Uh-huh. But he says, you know, it's only in America could we have this thing <laughs> where we take a piece of food <laughs> and you put eyes and not a mouth on it. Because uh-huh. that's the original Mr. Potato Head was an actual potato. And then right. they just sold you eyes the and eyes. And, yeah. and he says, imagine trying to explain this to someone starving in Asia. <laughs> this is a potato. You put a face on it. No eat, no eat. <laughs> And I still, anyway, I thought that was funny. Um, I still think about that. Like, people love the hot dog man. Right. Uh, the Joe, Joe, you got Joey Chestnut, you got the other guy. So many foods that you are, that the, that the food itself is personified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, how do you feel about those, those, uh, those billboards where there's a cow and the cow has scrawled in paint, eat more chicken, and it's yes. misspelled the chicken? Because yeah. cows, cows are dumb or they can't write very well. If memory serves, I believe that is the uh, the problematic sandwich chain uh, Chick-fil-A. Oh, is that? So that's so. And it's I remember like those being, I had a friend who, Brady's Bits, I had yeah. a friend who worked at the mall. And when you get hired at the Chick-fil-A, your first job is that you go out and you give away the samples. Do you remember the samples? No, no, we don't. We didn't have Chick Fil A's up here in uh, in Washington until very, very recently. Oh, interesting. Well, you know, we are, regrettably, because my my daughter is, you know, very progressive. We are yeah. forbidden 
from going on going to Chick Fil A, which next to Popeyes because I apparently hate chickens, was mm. uh, it was always my treat when we would go on a trip. It was like oh, Popeyes, yeah, because it's a good sandwich, and the, the people who work there are really nice. But you know they've done some pretty not great stuff. So, but yeah, yeah. So Todd worked at the mall. Later on, he became a manager at Arby's, where my girlfriend mm. and he worked together. But but yeah, it was that was Todd's job, and I, I feel like I remember. Gosh, I remember going to the mall. And seeing the the cow holding the sign, I guess it's funny. It's certainly yeah. memorable. How do no, you feel about made, the the it cow? Always made me feel terrible. It just made me feel terrible for All everybody. That, well, just the implications that the cow is is throwing the chickens under the bus. Yeah, and the cow has has learned has has you know obviously struggled to learn to read and write just to communicate. The lady, uh, you know, the lady who just delivered my, my groceries, I'm, I'm going to say about yeah. her what, what I say about anybody, you know, yeah. her, her English is better than my whatever she's speaking. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? But, so we, well, let's, not, let's not look down our nose at the cow. Although the, the cow's cow. just trying to get paid and stay alive like everybody well, else. Well, that's the thing. Like the cow, does, the cow is a miraculous cow that can read and write, isn't using its, isn't using its language to... Like communicate some something you know ephemeral about being a cow. It's basically pleading, pleading to not be thrown into the grinder. Yeah, and that seems like I mean that's a terrible motivation to learn to read. That's so interesting. It just again survival. Were yeah. you hoping for more of like a Charlotte's Web type situation? Some pig, like some way that maybe the the cow would use its newfound skills to bring us uh, some 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 wisdom, some insight that we might not have uh, outside the bovine world. Well. Obviously, they're going to be if cows can read and write. They're going to be cows that are like that are striving for for justice, right? They're going to be cows that are advocates for cows. Yes. Um, and th- but also there should be cows that are maybe speaking more generally about existence, about you know showing us something about cow life that we wouldn't know w- from the outside, mm-hmm. right? There would be a whole. There'd be a breadth of cows, like a body of work, like yeah, a whole, right. a whole like a, 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 a cattle cannon. There would be cows that were that were interacting with the world primarily emotionally. There would be cows that were very literal. But this, I mean, this cow seems to. I don't know if this is shared among cows, like this hatred of chickens. First of all, this desire. You know, what the thing is, they seem reconciled to the fact that we are carnivores. We're going to eat somebody, yeah, from the barnyard. And they, I don't know, it just seems really, really like well, animal farm. You know, I, I, hate to, I hate to give them this much credit. Well, you know, really, I'm giving credit to the, the ad firm that they hired to do this. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. why I think it's clever. Just, just mm-hmm. as long as we're going to tear this thing apart in way too right. much detail. Okay, let's go. Um, you know, you remember in the 80s and into the 90s, there were all the different wars between the big brands, especially in fast food. So, for example, Brand when I was working at McDonald's and they introduced the McDLT, that's right around Donald. the time everybody started asking, you know, who's Herb? And, and with Burger King. And Burger King was all about, even though they're really just microwaved burgers, but, you know, so like they're char-grilled, that kind of oh, thing. Oh, right? I see. Who, and so you get a little, who's Herb? I don't remember that. That was a catchphrase for Burger Herb, King. Who's Herb? Herb is a character introduced... Woof, by Burger King, I'm mm-hmm. going to say 85, 86. I and, it. and the question became, you know, who, who's Herb? Because you kept hearing about Herb. Well, you know who Herb is. Herb, Herb is the only person who's never had a delicious flame-broiled Whopper. Oh, poor Herb. He was mm-hmm. a nerd. Herb was a nerd. 
I think that's how that's definitely how he was cast and, and yeah, portrayed. Because that's a nerdy name, right? Do you remember when there were certain names that were like, ah, that's a nerd name. All you had to do was say like a nerd name and everybody knew you were talking about a nerd, like Leonard. Or a, like a Norbert. Norbert, yeah. What about a Filbert? <laughs> what about a what Filbert? A Filbert kind of Norbert. Bert. Anybody named with a Bert is going to yeah. be a nerd. And, and, and you're going to be able to laugh at that person. Well, there's a, there's a theory around that that's a little bit cockamamie. And what's it called? Because uh, I always forget the name of it. It's called something like uh, nominal determinism, I want to say. Nominal determinism. Tell me more about it. I don't know if I'm getting that right, but that's what I'm going to say for now until I look it up. I'm not going to type. And so yeah, let me nominal. give you an example of that. Oh, he's such a beautiful boy. Let's name him Jeeves. Huh. Now, what's he going to grow up to do? He's going to be a butler, Merlin. He's going to be a high-status butler. Status, he's going to be in a fun status game with Birdie, and mm -hmm. uh, and and so you get things like that. Now, I mean, we gave my daughter an old lady name, and she changed it. I was given an old man name. Now, now, now when my grandfather was given oh, the no, name, wait a minute, hmm. what is Merlin an old man name? Well, a, my my grandfather, my grandfather, born in nineteen hundred was given that name, as was my father, as was I, and at the time it was a much more popular name. Merlin Man Three. Yeah, that's you. We got we got to get back to this cow. But did you did you spend a lot of time on baby naming when that was uh, something you were thinking about? Oh, we uh, you know we really it's not that we struggled. We're very creative people, obviously. Absolutely, and organized. And, uh, wanted a name that was creative. A lot of our friends. I mean, you start you kind of uh, jump started a trend because a lot of our friends were giving their kids old. Old timey name. I did not discover that our friend Jonathan. I didn't know till it was too late that uh, that, that already he, he they had already given their daughter the same old lady name that my daughter was given. Yeah, well, but you know, we have another friend who named their daughter after your wife. Hmm. hmm. Um, you it's, knew about it's a good that. name. Yeah, it's a, a wonderful name. Yeah. But then their other child, they named a name that I think uh, when I was a kid, if somebody had had even said the name aloud, I would have gone, ha, 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 old lady. Yeah. Even when I was like nine years old, I would have known it was an old lady. Well, you, you know, John, I got to say, we got to get back to this goddamn cow, but yeah. you, you brought me on a journey last week where you were reeling off the names of all these feisty Catholic girls and they, yeah. they, to a gal, all had like fun names f that you just don't hear so much anymore. Yep. When you get your Kellys, you get your Maureen's, you know. Yep. There's Christies. like you know there's certain kinds of names. I always wanted to have a girlfriend with with like a with like a certain name. It always really appealed to me, you know. Well, in in our case, um, uh, I I don't know if I told you this, but at some point in the in the gestation period, mm. you know, one of those classes that they make you take, mm -hmm. you don't you don't realize when you're when you have a baby that you don't get to just do it on your own. Yeah, you're forced to take classes at the local hospital. Some classes are better than others. Mm -hmm. But in this case, uh, at one point, the person teaching the class was like, at this stage in the child's gestation, it's about the size of an eggplant. Mm. Hmm. And we were really taken by that, like, because you could picture an eggplant. I can. And it, it's kind of child-shaped. Mm. You imagine, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like a little bit of a, it's like an R, cum, R crumb drawing of a, mm -hmm. of a, of a, a shapely gal. Yeah, big, uh, big, a, thick thighs. Mm -hmm. It's a little, it's thick and small. <laughs> a real sturdy gal. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Headspace. You can learn more about Headspace right now by visiting headspace.com 
slash supertrain. Friends, life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life, and you need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes, and that's why you got to check out Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, don't worry. Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Maybe you need some help falling asleep. Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. That's kind of cool. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I've used uh, Headspace in the past and found it really useful for establishing the habit of meditation. That's the hardest part in some ways. No matter how new you are to this practice, they will walk you through everything you need to know. You just sit down and you do it. And let's be honest, once you have the Headspace app on your device of choice, there's really no excuse not to make the time to use it. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple, so you go to headspace.com slash supertrain. That's headspace.com slash supertrain for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Say it thrice, and it's almost like praying. The best deal offered right now, headspace.com slash supertrain today. Thanks to Headspace for supporting Roderick on the Line. And all the great shows. Okay. And yeah, so sure, sure, I sure. started, sure, sure. So when we would refer to the baby, because this is another thing, people that haven't had a baby, you realize you talk about the baby all the time. The baby doesn't really, it's not around yet, but you you refer to it. You start referring to it. I, I would not, I gotta be honest with you, John. I, I don't know if that's wholesome, but I gotta tell you, I don't think I would trust somebody who wasn't always talking about the baby. Yeah, you're talking about the baby. Like what? It, like what and, else? What else? What else are you gonna do? You're gonna like you could still you could still watch the wire. But like that, you should be discussing the wire in the context of little Tyler, which well, is our and, fake know, name for the baby. And the thing is, mom is um, mom is experiencing the baby on a, mm. on an hourly and minute, pushing right up against basis. that one liter uh, bladder. Yeah, that's right. Real hard, so, real hard. You know, she's going to want to say like the baby X, the baby Y, and pretty soon I started referring to the baby as aubergine because that's the color what of it the is. plant. It's a little eggplant. Mm-hmm. That's and a pretty say, name. Well, What's what's aubergine doing? And she would say, "Oh, aubergine is this, aubergine is that." So by the time the child was nearing completion, mm-hmm. um, I had been calling it aubergine for so long that I felt like, well, the child is named. And oh, in, in uh, your mind, it was already uh, uh, already sorted, as they say. Yeah, you, it's you, you were done. She's she's aubergine. She's going to be. She's she's uh, all she has to do is debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. But uh, literal, uh, literal coming out ceremony. That's right. My daughter's mother, however, said, "I am not going to name my child eggplant." And I yeah. said, "Well, it's not eggplant. It's aubergine. It's a wonderful, you know." And she's like, "It's eggplant. I'm not going to name. I'm not going to saddle her with a lifetime of being called eggplant by mean boys." <laughs> and I was like, "Huh. Okay. All right. All right. But I mean, I'm really invested." And so then, but, you know, but she went through this whole thing where she was throwing all these goth names at her, like Imogen and, mm. you know, 
Celestine and all this stuff. And I'm like, what is that even Imogen? It's like an old lady name with eyeliner. Yeah, we're not having an Imogen. You want to, you might as well put a pack of clove cigarettes in her baby blanket. (sighs) And so we're back and forth on this. And, and, uh, and, you know, and as soon, the thing is, is you settle on something. And then as soon as you decide that you're not going to do that, then you're right back to square one. Like Jane, Beth, I Mm -hmm. mean, what are, we we were so close and now we're so far. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and but I mean, don't you feel like? I mean, I do feel like it's sort of understandably the the final decision does fall to to the the person giving birth. Don't you think? Well, no. I mean, the it's a at that point the you don't think uh, she has a right to choose. It's a, <laughs> yeah. I do feel like she has a woman has a right to choose right up until the time the baby is born, and after that, no mm-hmm. more choosing. Mm. After that, it's one hundred percent a democracy. Okay, but no, you what you want is one. What you want is the name that, as soon as you say it, it just rings like a bell. Yeah, and everybody goes, oh, there it is. That doesn't need to be. Listen, I don't. I don't want to get up in somebody's shit. That does not need to be a cute name. No. Well, you, and so you, what happens? Yeah. The, but the problem with us is, you know, we can't decide. We, if somebody says like, let's get tacos, it's two hours later and we're still listing all the taco restaurants in Seattle, you know, like we're not good at stuff. And two days after the baby was born, because we spent the night in the hospital the first night. And then I think the second day, neither of us wanted to leave the hospital. We were like, this is fine. I mean, I was sleeping in a chair. I hate the chair. And we were like... You know, the, ch- the chair is such a cruel joke. It's really, I think it's a way of letting the father know what, what's what. what. Like, what on a go for forward basis, <laughs> this chair is now an analogy for your role. Yeah. It's here. That, it is technically a chair. It's yeah. not good for sitting. It's not good for laying on. It turns into different things, and each thing it turns into is less useful than the thing that it used to be. And that's you. Yeah. That's your it role. It reclines, and you're like, oh, Ugh. thanks. And then it's like, this is worse than being on an airplane. Yeah. But I'm so tired. And also I have this tiny baby. Yeah. But we were there and, you know, we were like, don't kick us out. We're not ready to go out into the world the yet. The world's like, so dirty. It's dirty and you're just going to give us this baby? We don't know anything yeah, about babies. Put this kid in a car? Drive it and, somewhere? In and this economy? Like, <laughs> they said, you got to go. Yeah. But. We uh, need this. <laughs> a woman came into the room and said, <clears throat> we're not going to release you until you come up with a name for the baby uh, because we have a to loophole. write it down. <laughs> yep. We have to write it down before you go. And so you have to come up with a name for the baby. Also, you have to go. So you're in this, it's this, um, you're in kind of a logical conundrum. Right <laughs> that's now. a very strange way of saying we demand you name your child now. <laughs> it, and that's what it was. They're like, yeah. you have to name the baby and then you have to go, but you have to go. So you can't, this isn't another opportunity to stall. And, uh, and honestly, we're like, uh, we've thrown every name in the book at this child and it's all like, you know, like Barb, no. And the, the nurse, the nurse had a name. This was the nurse that had that, that, that was there Mm -hmm. for the whole, the whole ceremony. The the one who was introducing this set of, uh, introducing you to, to the nurse's riddle. Which is that what we're going to get to is you name this kid, but you do need to leave, but you can't leave till you name the kid. Ergo, Socrates is all men. But the but the um, but the nurse had also been there in the delivery. Same nurse, mm-hmm. and I really liked her name. 
and it and then uh, my daughter's mother liked her name. We were like, we're just going to name the baby after you. Come on, really? <laughs> and, and it was great. And we were like, and then, and then you left. <laughs> well, no, because at the very last minute, her mother said, "I would like her middle name to be Imogen." Ooh. And I was like, "You're going to try and sneak Imogen in there?" Because my feeling was, Imogen has no connection to either of our families like every person in yes it's it's tough it's tough we're all named after some welsh great-grandmother where it's just like why is my middle name morgan because my (laughs) great-grandmother's maiden name was morgan marwinden (laughs) marwinden just a classic kind of shinsenmenden yeah but like classic kind of welsh name just lots of y's and w's and yeah but like imogen where that no, we don't have any Imogens in this family. I'm not against Imogen, but it does fall into that. We kind of did the same thing. But, like, you fall into this, like, you get attached. Like, you got attached. She got attached. And, you know, like they say in Peter Schaefer's Equus, moments uh, snap together like magnets. But all mm-hmm. we know, all she knows is this is definitely an Imogen. Well, an Imogen's like an Irish name. Neither of us mm. are Irish. Mm. Imogen is a, I just, I see like a black Irish girl, dark black hair, light blue eyes. Who's mm-hmm. like like sitting on a cliff? Uh, Would she you know, be right? a scullery maid? Maybe we're kind of no, distillery. Would she be on a sailboat? The, the wind is coming over the fens or whatever, and she's oh. about to throw herself off of a cliff because she's uh, because her her uh, her betrothed <gasps> died at sea or something. It's a little bit goth. It's super goth. Yeah, it's super goth. She's she's. Is there wind? Blo- is, is there wind blowing in her hair? Is the wind <laughs> blowing in her hair? Is she? Is there? Yes. Is her great? Uh, is her great uh, ginger mane flowing? No, no, it's black black hair. Black hair. Black she's, hair. Yeah, her, her. She's crying for Heathcliff or whatever. Oh, That's not yeah. us. That's not us. Mm-hmm. No but, mess. So she. But she's. You know. She's like you say. She's done a lot of work recently, and she's like, I want Imogen in there. I'm not going to say, I, you know, I don't have the power to say no, but I said, well, if she, if she gets Imogen, if you get Imogen, then I get Aubergine. And so in our punch-drunk insanity of that moment, we named our daughter after the nurse, and then we gave her two middle names, oh, Imogen geez, and John, Aubergine. really? And then. That's like Homer's car. What are you doing? Her last name, then then her her mother's last name is her third middle name, so she's got five names, because we didn't nobody five told us names. nobody told us going into this like don't do that nobody told us like uh, hey hey go in this is yeah. one of those things where you don't go into the studio your scientists with, never stop to say you know should should the child have five names. You don't go into the studio with three song fragments mm-hmm. and book two months and say you're going to make an album. Oh, yeah. What are you, Paul McCartney? We'll just make yeah, it one you, song. You go in, you, take, you, you, you have 10 song ideas. you're not a surf, you have 25 song ideas. This other part where the bass is really, really loud. But in this case, we just went in like, oh, what are you talking about? You have a kid and then it probably comes out with a little card that has its name on it. So anyway, we have... We've not, she's not quite old enough yet where she's looked at us and gone, wait a minute, you really named me this? Like, like, is it, is it still, one of the situations like on a TV show that actually is like life where some, some children, um, only hear their full name when they're in a little bit of trouble. Is it one of those things? Well, her name, her name takes two minutes to say, 
Yeah, you no, should have, you should have thought of that. I, I, I we, oh, you got to come back to mine because I had so many tests, and one of my tests was the back of the porch rule, or the, mm. if you like the playground rule, which is I should be able to yell, "You're you're lost. I don't know where you are. Maybe it's Target. Maybe it's a porch in uh, in Ireland." Yes. I should be able to yell your name and not be embarrassed, and you should be able to hear it and recognize it. Right. Well, so do you have a whistle? Do you have On a, me? A, uh, no, but like a whistle, like. Oh, if you're in a a crowd or a forest or something, and you oh, want you know what we did? We had a signal. oh my god, what was it? We had a secret knock for that, and I've already forgotten it. We probably talked about it years and years ago. Knock, knock, knock. Uh huh. Doot, doot, doot. Yeah, something like Whee. that. We do, we do, you know, every, my dad's whistle was one of those where he put two fingers in his mouth and you could hear him for a mile. Ugh. And he, his was like. Dude, I, dude I cannot play piano. I can't draw and I can't whistle loud. And all three of them are, are terrible regrets in my life. I've tried so hard, John. I've, I've yeah. gone on, you know, with the internet, you can go and look things up for a lot of stuff. And I've, I've tried to learn how, how to finger whistle. I lost a lot of the pliability of my mouth. Yeah. Can I just you can't do stuff tongue? anymore. Yes. I So I can do the role. My daughter is the rare case of being able to make the W. Have you ever seen the W? I have. I've seen it, yeah. It's incredibly upsetting. When she cried as a baby, she'd make a W tongue. That's a very uh, rare genetic wow. thing I'm given to no believe. No way. <laughs> that, would, that would be extremely unsettling, I I'll think. I'll send you a photograph. It's very upsetting. If you looked into a crying baby and it had a, if it had a W in there that was like But I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would lend some levity by putting my hand over her mouth and doing sort of the thing we used to do when we wanted to emulate First Nations people. So she'd mm. go, over her mouth, and it was so funny to me. I, uh, I never learned to whistle either with the two fingers, and I feel like it's because I have a tongue that won't cooperate, like I have that geographic tongue that makes it hard to do, to mm -hmm. do, I can't mm -hmm. like t tie a cherry stem into a knot or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's terrible for me. I am a man who should be able to signal to someone across a football field with a very loud whistle, and I can't. All I want to be able to say is, I want to make the whistle that says, hey, look over here, which is like the, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the sound like, whoop! That sound. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like as in like I'm parked here and I need to cut right. through. Or, you know, for example, you're you're at a theme park or something. That that's all I really want. And I, I never I, I, I feel like you know what? Maybe this is my new bar chords. That whatever mm -hmm. that day was in nineteen eighty two, that Saturday morning I woke up and could suddenly play bar chords where at that Friday night I couldn't. Maybe yeah. I just need to push through to be able to finger whistle. Oh See geographical this, tongue? This could be a this could be like another quarantine task <gasps> challenge i've learned to play so many things on the guitar that i didn't know how to do back in in february hmm. maybe if i went on a deep dive and you did too that was like let's watch youtube videos that teach you how to finger whistle and just practice and practice and practice until we can find i love this it I would love change this. my life I, I i would change my life too but it's also when it's one of the, it's got to be one of those skills where it's like you say to somebody hey hey um yeah, I wish I could learn how to whistle with my fingers. And they go, oh, just do this. And you're like, well, you know, that doesn't really help. It's like it's like saying, well, you flip an omelet by doing this. And it's like, well, you mean like be good at it like you? What are you, Gordon Ramsay? Like, I I, I want to learn whistle mouth, though. I, I would like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I don't think we're done yet, John. I think we got. I think we might have a couple more weeks of this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, oh, I'm, right, I'm ready to get down and learn to yeah, whistle. Yeah, there's still time. There's still time. <clears> I mean, I, I, had the, I had the great fortune of... The last time I cut my hair in January, I did a terrible job of it. 
but I did a terrible job of it that was that was passable. You know, I kind of did a just shaggy kind of whatever, just get it get it done. I was leaving the next day, get it done, mm-hmm. some kind of shag. And but it was one of the it was one of those great bad haircuts that as it grew out, it was consistently the same amount of bad. It's the it's the opposite of a Floyd the Barber haircut. Floyd the Barber haircut, you look great for a few days to come in a couple days later for your next haircut. You did the opposite. You did one out of the gate. You know, it's going to be a grower, not a shower. It's the kind right. of haircut that you grow in, that grows in, you grow into, and let's be honest, grows into you. Mm-hmm. That's so mm-hmm. great. It was January was your last haircut? Well, so all through the wow. pandemic where I could have, and under normal circumstances would have mm-hmm. been out of sheer boredom and insanity. <laughs> Cutting my hair on a like thrice weekly basis, and I would have had my hair down to, you know, just like this tiny fuzz. And I've been sitting and fucking with the ears and stuff. Yeah. Every time I looked in the mirror, I was like, "Huh, it looks fine," because you, you know, what you don't get any of the warning signs. Like right now, I'm getting that thing where like I look a little bit like Lobot, where I'm getting like mm-hmm. I, the sides are getting a little bit crazy. Yep. And you're like, and, and, mm, okay, so this is we need it's time to to tamp this down. But you had the consistent experience for months. Of saying, why would I? Why would I get rid of this magic? Yeah, because you know, c- cutting your hair, there's always a trigger event, right? Like you're saying, where you look in the mirror mm-hmm. and you're like, uh oh, oh, I got to take care of that. Yeah, and then it's then it's just like straight downhill. Big one for me thing. is like when I can feel it on my face when I'm trying to sleep, which drives oh. me crazy. I, I hate that feeling. I do that with my 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 beard. If my beard, if my little beard hairs get in the corner of my mouth, ugh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's, so it's for, your body telling you it's time for nine months. I've been looking in the mirror. Oh, look at that little baby's tongue. Look at that's, W. That's crazy. Uh, it's like, it's like you could catch dew. Uh, the I little know. dew would pool there on she the She can tongue. still do it. She'll do it on demand. Just not demand. I, I demand she stop, but she knows how much it upsets me and she does it. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. uh, for nine months, I didn't touch my hair. Didn't touch it because mm-hmm. there wasn't a reason to. It was just like, pfft. What's I, I couldn't believe it. it ha- I You're like Fonzie. You're like that wonderful scene in the in the hello blue. Like when Fonzie goes in the bathroom, <coughs> he walks up to the mirror, he takes out his comb, and he goes like this. Ah, hey, it's perfect hey, already. Hey, pow. But a week ago, I looked and my bangs, the hair in the front, wh- were. You know, kind of like wisping down a little too. They were just like it was. It was a little bit too uh, River Phoenix. I was just getting these bangs that were going down, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to trim a little bit off of the bangs. And I and I and I brushed them down, and I got them down, and I cut. I swear to you, hmm. what a half an inch hmm. off of the end of the bangs, and immediately. The entire haircut fell apart. Just like it those was were complete. those were load bearing bangs. They were load bearing bangs. All of a sudden, I looked like I was in the Bay City Rollers. Oh and I, no! And I was like, like thirty minutes ago, I looked like Indiana Jones if he had fallen down a hole uh, in the search for the Lost Crusade and had been living down there for nine months. That's I a great. That's a great that, look. I looked that cool. Mm-hmm. And now <clears throat> I look like uh, I looked like one of the guys in Slade. Like, oh, I know exactly a, what you mean. You know, like, yes. it's not, I screwed it up. And so then. So you specifically, I, I think you're saying you look like, I want to say Derek. 
the I blonde guy yeah, from the right. Bay City Rollers. But you could also be uh, what's his name, Naughty Holder, like Naughty Holder, the, the, the two high bangs. I had well, and the thing is, they weren't even too high. That's the thing. Queens Gambit, they Queens were, Gambit, similar bangs. Just wrong. It wasn't that they yeah. were. They didn't stand out as bangs. They just. <sighs> I, I had created an imbalance. Yeah. And, the, and it wasn't clear what it looked like. All of a sudden, was that I had too much hair on top. And then I was like, well, now that now that I've done it, and so then last night I cut some hair off of the back mm-hmm. to try and. And and now I look I, I look like a mushroom in Fantasia. Right now. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. Oh, there's so many things you can do with Squarespace. A better question might be, you know, what can't you do with Squarespace? You know, we don't have time for that today, but but there's so much you can do. You know, mainly you're going to be making a beautiful new website, right? Your new website your home on the web. You can showcase your work, whatever that work is. You can make a blog or publish other kinds of content. You have wonderful galleries. You can uh, sell products and services of all kinds. You can make money, right? You can promote your physical or online business. You can even announce an upcoming event or a special project. You drag, you drop it, Squarespace. Just get to Squarespace. How do they do this? Well, Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers Powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. You get the ability to customize the look and feel, settings, products, everything on your site. Just a few clicks, a little bit of drag, and you're making it your own. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. Looks great on every device or dingus. And they're offering a new way to buy domains where you can choose from over 200 domain name extensions, which is way more than you need. Um, That's a lot, a lot of extensions. They uh, offer analytics that will help you grow in real time. They have built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting with nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And of course, you have access to their 24 by 7 award-winning customer support if you ever need it. Uh, they're encouraging folks to make it. And you know what? I've made it. I- I've made it with Squarespace for, for about as long as I can remember. Not that my memory is that great, but I do remember this, Roderick on the Line, which you're listening to right now. It's all on Squarespace. The, the files, the, the, the things, the feeds, it's all, it's all Squarespace. That's all. It's always been Squarespace, and I imagine it always will be. You know, uh, you know, what, what, what could they do to make me not use it? That'd be pretty bad. So listen, right now you go, you check out squarespace.com slash supertrain and get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code, supertrain, one word, supertrain. That's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. Like, That's what did rough. I do? That well, I mean, you know, for some reason, it reminds me of a, another thing I don't understand, which is flower arranging, which which <laughs> I believe flower arranging is a thing because even as a non-expert, I can eyeball something and go like, well, that just looks like a bunch of stuff in a vase versus that looks like an arrangement. If you right. just you just you just roll up on a good arrangement and start snipping off some roses, that's not going to help that arrangement. But you can tell an arrangement from a, a set of things in a in a vase. You can or can't? I feel like I kind of can. I mean, I mean, I've always been interested in that idea of like a French garden versus an English garden. I think it's an interesting analogy oh, for life. Yes. Uh-huh, There's uh-huh. one kind of garden that's all about control and regimentation and the other one that's all about like very lightly 
being a steward of chaos is a more, more English kind of garden. But in any case, you think about a painting, you think about anything, you think about le mot juste. Like, you never know what the thing is that's holding the goddamn thing together. Take a famous phrase, take a, the, you know, the cadence of any, like, rhetoric, and, like, you take out a word, and the sentence falls apart. Sentence falls apart. Kind of, yeah. And, well, this, this is what I don't know about my daughter. Does she need five names? Maybe she does. She's never said... If you took out one of those names, it might be like Jenga. Well, that's the thing. If you take out, if you take out Aubergine, uh-huh. then she, her middle name is Imogen, which just sounds like her mother grew up in the 90s yeah. wearing baby, baby doll dresses and Doc Martens. She got the name She was Imogen, Miss World. <laughs> right? It, Imogen got in there somewhere. It was, yeah. you know, it was the name of her, her her favorite purse or something, or it was like one of the colors at Benetton. Like, oh, this this chemise is Imogen, and she was like, I love that. And it, it's just like me. I've been carrying around the name Alieska as a name for a for a, the husky puppy that I was going to buy. Great name for thirty five years. Yes. Uh, but the, but I never bought a husky, mm. and and it's only been later that I realized that every third dog in Girdwood is named Alieska now. That's that the other thing with names. Was, you think you're getting ahead of the curve, but like yeah. you pick what you think it's going to be. You don't realize that this is a very John Syracuse kind of point. It's not about evolution, but it is about this idea that like you, there is no there, – there's a zeitgeist for almost everything. And when you pick, for example, an old lady name, like within like two years after that, old lady names were everywhere. Or think well, about yeah, the bar. A, think about you, like you said, Barbara, Lisa, Jason. There's like these mm. certain names that are just like they just explode. Yeah. Well, and everybody's having that idea, and it takes that much. It's like it's like a Corona explosion. It's mm. like, is are there going to be a lot more sick people? Sick people two weeks after Thanksgiving? Yes. Yes. But does each individual person at Thanksgiving think I'm part of the problem? No. Oh, it's the, like the guy who got paid with the rice on the chessboard. And then you, pretty mm. soon you're, you got to give him all the rice in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. When yeah, I was growing up, thing. every yes. dog in Girdwood was named Barney or Fred or <gasps> something like that. That's like, so Fred, sweet. Hey, Fred, you know, Fred. and that was, you know, that was back when the guy that the, the, the general manager of the ski resort used to kick dogs if they were in his way as he was walking around. That's what we used to and do. Yeah. People were mad at him, but he was, he yeah. was just like, these dogs, sh- these, these leashless dogs shouldn't be wandering around my ski resort village. He's bringing some frontier justice. He, he's like, but, uh, he's like the chitty chitty bang bang guy. Yeah. But they were all named Barney. Barney's but a great name. All of the kids that were watching that scene were thinking, when I grow up, I'm going to name my dog Alieska. And now they're all named Alieska. The point is that this that our little girl could not have one middle name and have it be Imogen, but it sure as hell couldn't have been Aubergine. People would think we're insane. I only realized it like, like nine months later. Like, was I insane? When I when I was a kid, Aubergine? when I was a kid, you would the the, the basic pattern. Well, everybody had normal, like n- mostly normal names, but white people mm-hmm. names. Mm-hmm. But over time, I feel like middle name is where you had a little bit more. And and I think we named given this convention, which is uh, first name. You know, uh, listen, John, I have very strong opinions on this, and I don't want to upset anybody. As somebody who entered every first day of school knowing that I was going to have to tolerate jazz about my name, I didn't want to give that to a kid. I did not want to give a kid a name. You know, my rule of thumb is you can have one cute thing about the name. You cannot have two cute things about the name. The, the name. The child's first name must be something that can be pronounced, it could be could be said over the phone without needing to be spelled. But if you can't live with that and you got to do Daenerys, if you're going to name your kid Daenerys, don't put a G 
in front of the D and say, oh, the, the G is mm. silent. That's too cute. <laughs> Gen- no, no, there's no, no. <laughs> it's just that, that is way too cute. But if you did that Hakuna Matata, God bless you. Sure, you know, sure, sure, sure. You, you, do, you do you. But I think, I think the middle name is where you can get a little cute. So we gave our right. kid uh, an old lady first name and the name, the last name of one of my favorite uh, short story writers as a middle name. And like, shh, there's a lot of determinant. Ellison? In, in well, uh, she wrote, uh, you know, everything that rises must converge and a good man is hard to find. Oh. Novels of the grotesque about people sure. who might as well be named Eleanor. Uh-huh. Sure, sure, right? sure. Flannery uh, O'Connor might as well be named Eleanor. Like, what was I right. thinking? Right. You could have named her Flannery. I think, well, that is. That's her middle name. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's a good middle name. Fanny. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like she's any giant fan of, you know, she hasn't even been to college yet. She hasn't ha- had to read, you know, a good man is hard to find. She, she'd have a good, you know what he says? You know what the misfit says? He says, she'd have been a good woman if it had been somebody there to shoot her every minute of her life. Shoot her. Oh, don't you remember? Remember the misfit? He shoots the old lady? Spoilers? No. Hmm. A good man is hard to find. Yes. I went into this with this. I went in, here was, here was my approach. And this is a very, this is a very me kind of approach, which is, first of all, there are all kinds of names that were just not going to cut it for me. Like I, it's way too many, way too cute names. Right. But I also wanted to give my daughter a kit from which, so here's your name, your name, and I'm telling you a second what my number one pick was. Your name is now X. This is the name. And the thing is, I have explored this, and the name that I wanted to give my daughter was, to my knowledge, the most flexible female name that I am aware of. I mean, there's others you could certainly get way cute about it and turn it into like a jumble, but no, Elizabeth. Oh, there's so many nicknames for Elizabeth. You could be, you could be Elizabeth. You could be yeah. uh, Bess. You could be Beth. You could be, you could be Libby. so many. I like how Margaret turns into Peggy. I always thought that was really cute. I don't know why that happens. And you, can I tell you why it got instantly nixed? Oh, why? Because there's one name inside of that particular role of Jumble. Mm, boy, it's, it's. Lizzie? Liz. Yep. Oh, Liz. She don't love Liz. Liz. Don't love Liz. And, uh, and also my, my, uh, my, my, uh, my, the mother of my, my daughter was harassed by a Liz at one point in uh, oh, middle school. Oh, no, you don't want that. You don't want to, you don't want to recapitulate your trauma. Bully, bully Lizzie. <clears throat> but don't you think, I mean, in that case, now I realize that's a little too, because we didn't have any, like, there were all kinds of things. Oh, you give them a family name. Oh, and the other one, obviously, right, like, right. You, as you said, of your child's 11 names, one of them could be like a family last name. Right. 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 Well, that, all of my all of my family's middle names are all family last names. That sound that you just heard, by the way, yeah, was this this stupid pea-brained cat trying to get up on the on the windowsill, and she actually stepped on the microphone Aww. on her way across the the room here. Precious don't, angel. Don't, no, don't give her that. Don't give sorry, her that, precious angel. Let me ask you this. Yes. I, and I know I know that you're you're. Traditionally reluctant to talk about your name too much, but... That's fine. Has it been, on the whole, throughout the course of your life, more a blessing or a curse? Uh, pound for pound. I mean, I, I put, if I put it in terms of emotions, I would say that, pound for pound, over time, I think I have a kind of a cool name mm-hmm. that most people don't think is actually really my name. They say, is it a stage name? And I say, would mm-hmm. you pick that first stage name? <laughs> Was that what, is that what you would do? Is it, You would name yourself the third? You would sound like somebody from, from the rich kids camp? 
Like, oh, it's so great. Like I sound like I'm from Camp Mohawk. I don't, I don't love that. No, no. Here's the thing. So my dad, my dad was always Merle and I was Merlin. And real quick, um, so, so I, you know, I thought my name was, it was just, I would brace for like the first day of second grade, third grade, you know, it's like, you got to say, and this is before, well, John, let, let's, let's let point something out here. It was not always the custom to say, I'm going to read the names for the first time. And I nice. want you to tell me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. And I would like you to tell me if you would prefer to be called something else. This is a new invention. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, no. Uh, 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 when they used to call a role, they would name, they would call everybody's name, and if they got it wrong, they just kept going. Yeah, there's now, actually a pretty you, funny Etsy commercial about that. Etsy's got some pretty good commercials right now. But so, so like, here's the thing: my dad died, so then the Merle was gone, and then and then here's the thing: the first time I ever remember being asked that very modern question was Mrs. Ms. Hare's class. Ms. Hare, H A I R E. That's rough. Mm -hmm. Ms. Hare's class, fourth Sarah. grade, Ann Weigel Elementary, oh. Cincinnati, Ohio. Don't be creepy. Mm -hmm. And she, she says to us, she says, I'm going to say your name. Please tell me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. If you prefer to be called something else. Completely off the dome, in the moment after she said my name, I said, here. And I said, and I, I, if you don't mind, I would prefer to be called Merle. And so that September day, because school should start in September, September 1976, that's when I started going by Merle, which you still to this day call me as well as that's what my wife calls me too. Yeah. Are, are, are she and I the only ones that call you Merle? Almost completely. Wow. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, I, now I like it. I think it's kind of cool now. All I, as I've said my entire life, I really just wanted to be a Todd or a Jason. I wanted to have like a normal yeah. name and a normal life. If I couldn't have the Brady Bunch room, at least give me a normal name. To be, I, uh, to be a slightly, slightly not, well, how does one say? A not particularly monetarily advantaged child with right. an incredibly pretentious douche name was sometimes a little rough. <laughs> you know, my name is, my name is an invisible name. And yes. yet, and yet weirdly, every single John is different, right? I mean, John Flansburg, if, if he and I were in the room with John Flansburg and John Linnell, look no further. Right. They're the, right. And, yeah. and we're, we are routinely in a situation where John Linnell, John Flansburg, John Hodgman, Jonathan Colton and I are all in the same room. And in some cases are the only men in the room. I know so many Johns. It's like oh, I do, I do podcasts regularly with John Roderick and John Syracuse and often enough with John Gruber that like, there's this entire um, flight of Johns that I'm yeah. dealing with. And yet each John is different, right? Absolutely. I mean, there are other right. names that, 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 where that's not always true, but, but Johns, you know, there's nothing but exceptions to prove the rule. Cause there's no rule. It's just Johns. If you were doing, if you knew six Bryans, you'd be like, mm -hmm. what am I doing wrong in life? How do I know so yeah. many Bryans? That, this is, this is like a bad, that reflects some like, poor decision-making. That's an unexamined life. Too many it Bryans. Was, it, it was like that time uh, early on in life when I was like, when I suddenly realized, oh my God, the first five women I've dated as a, as a grown-up all have red hair. What is that? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't it's probably have a coincidence. A I don't have a preference for redheaded girls. That's not a thing. I, that, that, I had a similar thing where like, every woman what? I met said she didn't want to dress up like Catwoman. It's a mm. weird pattern until you find weird. find your Catwoman. Absolutely <laughs> true. I think there are names. I think there are names like that. That Brian, Brian, Brian. or like Scott's. Well, I won't say what Scott Simpson says, but that let's just say he's not, he has an, a, a, a lacrosse name. Scott we'll Simpson. That. That's very lacrosse. Very lacrosse. I, I wanted to be named Peter. Yeah. Because Peter, you could say with a British accent, Peter. Peter, Peter like Blue Peter. Whereas, 
John. It John. just feels like eh, that's a, it doesn't have the same impact. John, Ian, Ivan, Juan. Right. You have um, many variations on that. Now, the yeah. thing that happens now is there's, oh, boy. Uh, so what Nate, Nate Silver calls reversion to the mean. You get a bunch. Remember, a few years ago, it was all bell tones. It was all bell tone names like Jaden and Caden and Layden. <laughs> Those are bell tone names? What does that mean? Uh, it's What's got that, I think it's called a bell tone. It's that sound, that A, the A sound. In the 2000s, uh-huh. earlier, sort of like, yeah, around the millennium. I feel like those huh. came into ascendance. I feel like maybe Britney, 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 they used to drive huh. me crazy. Their name is not Brittany, it's Britney. Britney. I think Britney had, had a bell tone kid, like a Jaden Layden Caden. And but now you're today. Aiden, Baden, Aiden Baden Caden is, a, is, a, uh, is not a thing anymore? One Ibble Bibble. I, well, I think they're still around, but yes, I can tell you for sure, because what I was about to say is you know the names, a name has gone worldwide when you have to say it's Aiden, Aiden L. Aiden K oh, in the class. Imagine? Do you have any inst- have we talked about this? Do you have instances of that where there's more than one more than one Jaden? Too many Jadens. Uh, my little girl is always happy to report with any group of kids um the ones that are like there's a there's an Aiden, there's a Jaden, there's a Baden, or or <laughs> you know, there's a there's a how, a hole, a hall, and a and well, then you hull. get the old man names that have come up. You, you, yeah. you know, you could get like a Sam or a Max or a, or a, you know, one of those kinds of old timey names. Yeah. So, so every every year there is that. But then I think back to uh, there was some point when I knew a Kirsten, a Kirsten, a Kristen, and a Kirsten. John, that one needs to stop. Kirsten? That one, you guys need to, you need you guys need to get together and pick one. <laughs> you Kirsten, need to... Kirsten, Kristen, and Kirsten. My wife works with a Kirsten. She's yeah, Kirsten. 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 I was like, "Is you sure your name's not Kristen? Because your name sounds like Kristen. Can we? Can you be Kristen?" I thought that I knew the world until I dated a Megan, and then all of the all of a sudden, that's all my of the first Megans, Megan, John. She's my first Megan. I I always I always thought it was Megan. My Megan is your first Megan. My first me. Well, I've I've known Megans. I believe that's yeah. my first Megan. Well, so Megan. So I dated a Megan, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, every Megan I was uncertain about. Then then I was like, Megan. <sighs> And a name like, should Megan, not introduce Megan. doubt, like, John. It should provide but, clarity. Because Megan isn't spelled, my Megan at least, wasn't spelled with an A or two E's. It was just spelled like Megan, except that's, it was Megan. And that breaks my rule. That's, that, that breaks yeah. the cute rule. It's actually pronounced Jennifer, <laughs> and it has no ends. The N has a tilde, but you don't pronounce it. Well, I still it has don't know a, how to say it. My daughter's name is New Yorker, and uh, we have a diuresis over it. Mm. Um, New Yorker, but with a G? With a GN. Canoe, Canoe Yorker. <laughs> well, my mom, when she divorced my dad, she changed her name. Yeah. And she changed her name because, like, because, you know, she wanted to change her identity and she had always hated her name, apparently. But she didn't want to change her driver's license and her bank account. So what she did was she changed the pronunciation of her name, but she left it spelled the same way. Your mother's first name. That's where that comes from. That's right. She, she, her whole life, so your, your mother has a name that um, we're all familiar with that is historically always pronounced this one way. And you, you know, when I first heard you say your mom's name and I knew it was pronounced differently, I think that's the first time I ever heard that. It's a little bit of a Jennifer. It is a little Jennifer. And, and as a child, um, this was very, this created a, a, a whole uh, like decade long feeling that I was being gaslit because 
she changed her <laughs> like name. Somebody, she... Like somebody's playing a trick on you. Like one oh. time, one time my brother-in-law, just slightly older than my wife, she, he, he knows how much my wife loves spaghetti and, and they had seven kids in the family. So there was never quite enough food. And one time he put a bunch of hot sauce, like, like a uh, hot sauce on a plate and gave it to her and said, here's the spaghetti sauce. And she ate it. Oh, that's She terrible. got really sick. That you know, kind of thing a, where you're like, are you really, is this a dare? Long, uh, like a terrible gaslighting actually. Because she changed her name when she divorced my dad and moved down to Seattle. Changed her first name. Uh, changed her first name, but it was spelled the same. Mm-hmm. That's and so good. Everyone in my family, my dad, my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, yeah. everyone pronounced it the old way. Do you think but they were I, grandfathered in? Well, no, because hmm. my mother never explained to me. That she had changed her name. Oh, my God. And there's never a good day to ask. Hey, Mom, do I know well, your name? No, there, there, it was never a question of asking because there is something about, there's something very definitely in the character of my father and his family where, at least to me as a four-year-old, it seemed like they were intentionally mispronouncing her name in order to antagonize her. Oh, I see what you're saying. And so from the age of from the age that I first heard my mother say in a in a kind of a clenched voice, uh Actually because, it's Jennifer. Well no she just said it's and then her you know, like yeah, I, let's I, just I go with Jennifer. Not, no no no, we go with Jennifer. I'm not gonna call my mom Jennifer. No, her, her <laughs> name, the name that Too she much was respect. born with, I'm just going to say it, because everybody, it's not, it's not hard to find. Her name was Marsha when she was born, Yep. and in 1971, she changed it to Marcia, which is a plausible pronunciation of that spelling of the name, M-A-R-C-I-A, mm-hmm. uh, because Marsha also has a separate spelling that's like Marsh. More phonetic, yeah, yeah. Um, but so the first time my mother ever said it's Marcia. My dad, and I mean, I can kind of, re- I don't remember the exact moment, but I remember the vibe for sure, mm-hmm. where my dad kind of snickered and rolled his eyes. And my perception of that moment was, as a kid, well, clearly my mom knows her own name. So why is my dad throwing shade on her and pronouncing it differently? And then everyone I knew on my dad's side of the family referred to her as Marsha. And to me, the name, even still, um, the name Marsha sounds like an intentional diss, like an insult. And I swear to you, I was 12 before it occurred to me finally, wait a minute, did my mom change the pronunciation of her name at some oh point. Oh my God. You must have felt insane. And I said to her, I don't even know if I was brave enough to say it to her. I think I might've asked my dad because I, I, I think what happened was I finally was as, as a young, like a teenager even mm-hmm. was like able to stand up to him enough to say, why have you consistently like, why have you been doing this all these years? Why do you torture me with this? Why do you, like, why do you insist on calling her by the wrong name? Right. And my dad was like, I was married to her for 10 years. Her name is Marsha. She's Marsha. And then she changed it to Marcia. And I just, I don't know how. I can't, 
I can't, I've mm-hmm. never been able to fully. And I was like, you what? She what? And I think I didn't believe him. And I think I went to her and was like, did you? And she was, and she just in her way, you know, just sort of offhandedly like, oh yes. Well, you know, I didn't want it. I didn't, I never liked my name. Mm-hmm. And then she, then she breezed off into something else. And I don't know if none, I think none of the adults in my life ever realized that no one had explained it to me <laughs> and that I had grown up in this. And it, and it was a major feature of the way that I perceived my relationship between my parents and the way my relationship with my dad uh, was colored mm-hmm. because of this feeling that he intentionally mispronounced her name as a diss. Damn. And that all of his relatives did too, that they had had a meeting and said like, we're going to call her Marsha just to fuck with her. None of my relatives. Because you were, let's, let's just real quick. You were three or so Mm -hmm. when that happened, the divorce and presumably the name change. So your memory is of nothing but Marcia. Yeah. I wouldn't have ever heard her name pronounced before that and probably even recognized it referred to her. Right. She was just mommy. And probably what I realized later was most of my relatives had never even been told she changed her name because she didn't (sighs) interact with them. As soon as she, as soon as she was divorced from my dad, she went on with her life in a new way. And so they just called her Marcia because that was all they ever knew. No, of course. Think, yeah. You know, if somebody said like, it's Marcia, they would have gone. I can see, I could see, I'm not agreeing with this, but I could see them going, yeah, that's not going to happen. You know, like me going to Starbucks and being expected to say, what, Grande or Venti or right. whatever. It's like, no, I'm not going to say that. Now, now in the case of your mother, that is an important thing. That is the name that she has chosen. And let's just say this, as long as we're having fun, let's just say this. It's my feeling that people should be allowed to say what they want to be called. And it's very, takes very little effort to be, just be decent enough to call someone what they like to be called, because that's the name they've chosen for themselves. Even if it's the name that they were given at birth, they've still chosen to keep that name. And that name means a lot to them. That's what Dale Carnegie says. It doesn't mean anything for Starbucks to have me say Venti. That's not helping fucking anybody. And I'm not going to say that because it's stupid. I want a small or a medium or a large. That's what, that's what the sizes are called. I'm going to be 54 in a few days. I'm allowed to have an opinion like that. But you should call somebody what they like to be called. You're saying maybe there wasn't like a card that went out. You know, the kind of thing that, again, something that happened more in the 80s of the like, oh, by the way, it's our divorce announcement. Here's, here's, some, here's the protocol <laughs> sheet, as, the, as Buckingham Palace would say. No, and you I mean if they didn't ever think to explain it to me, they sure shit didn't think to explain it to my aunt Julia. <laughs> I, I doubt there was this dedicated series of phone calls working this out. And the thing is, it is consistent with my father that after a certain point, let's say 1977, hmm. after she had said to him, "It's Marcia, David," that he would have made a point. Uh, at that point, to stop calling her Marsha, and he didn't. And that is consistent with my dad. It is a, <laughs> a, a way of, you know, it's just yeah. him being a dick. Um, and and I felt I felt that energy for sure. But I also felt, I could also recall back to my young childhood when my dad just seemed confused and bruised and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, for example, for the last for the last few weeks, there's a thing that I have done over and over and over again. I'm obsessed with the TV show Ted Lasso, and my family loves it. We watch it a lot. I think almost as many times as I have called the show Ted Lasso, I have called the show Ted Leo. Oh, Ted Leo. 
Well, but isn't that a kind of a potentially like a similar thing? Like they know sure. what I mean when you mm-hmm. talk about, oh, you know, uh, Coach Beard, you know, the guy who works with uh, Ted Leo. And, yeah. and you know what I'm saying? Like, like where you yeah. go like, okay, I know what you mean, but that's not correct. And, and sometimes, well, most of the time they correct me because they live to correct me on things like yeah, that. Yeah, right, right. Oh, boy, well, I get, I if I get gender wrong, boy, I'm going to hear about it. Woof. The thing is, if, if my mom had I called Laura Jane Grace, to... the, the, I called Laura Jane Grace mm. the, the wrong gender, the wrong, I have the wrong pronoun. And, like, I'm never allowed to get anywhere near the point I was trying to make. I just wanted you to see the video where Laura Jane Grace sings with Miley Cyrus. But before that, we need to watch the actual True Trans Soul. And before that, we need to watch, watch back when uh, the person was called John. But then I said, no you forget it. You don't get any of that. Not, you don't get any of that journey I was going to take you on because you're yelling at me. I don't, I don't recognize any of those names. But my mom, oh, really? if she had okay. changed her name oh. to Tiffany or to <laughs> Tiffany. about Tiffany. It might have been easier, but it would be like if I, if I said, from now on, I want you to pronounce the H in my name. I want to be Jahan. Jahan. And yeah. it would, I think it would be fine if you never read it. But if you read it, like your mind is just going to read it as the word that you know it as, right? I mean, and Marsha, anyway, it, the gaslighting of that, it's with me today. Like I had to reevaluate what I thought were the people closest to me's motivations and where I had all, because I had defended her, you know, I'd gone into those events and just been like, it's Marcia. Right. And, And people would look at me like, why is this kid it's so so cruel to put you in that position well but but like it but it's the kind of cruelty that they used to do in the 70s and 80s which was just it was just thoughtless they just didn't nobody put me in that position they were having an adult fight and nobody yeah. explained it to me and so i took sides uh and and fought like ferociously for a thing and didn't realize that i was I was fighting for a thing where I didn't completely understand what, you know, where everybody was coming from. Sure. And the the fact that my mom would never have said it and would have, you know, kind of stood there with that, would stood there with her hands on her hips, just like fuck. With, with that, like Ohio resolve. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but never have like said to me like, yes, it used to be pronounced Marsha, but but that's not what, what I want anymore. Like I would have understood that instantly and would have fought for her, but in a different way. Right. Without that feeling of like broken heartedness mm-hmm. that my own father was, right. you know, was doing this like terrible thing. So I, I definitely don't want, uh, I didn't want my daughter to have a name that she was embarrassed by in any way. And yet I feel like I've given her a name that if she shows up the first day of college and her roommate sees her name written out on a piece of paper mm-hmm. that it will just be, it will just be like the source of no end of fucking shit. Unless, why? Why, do you, why do you think you mean the full name or just the first name? Yeah. The full name. No, the mm. full name is wonderful. No, no, no. The, the whole kit and caboodle of like, what kind of hippie parents did you have? You know, because what it says, it says a lot more about us than it does her. And it's the kind of thing that in high school, I don't think kids are sophisticated enough to to understand that your parents are dorks. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get into college and people see your name and they're like, oh, your parents were dorks. Yeah. Because we gave her a dork name. You know, like, <laughs> and and Imogen, Imogen would be dorky, but Imogen Aubergine? Like, dork city. <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's a lot of name. That is a it's lot a of lot. name. It's a lot. It's a lot. 
it's a lot and it's and it's it's i don't know it's it's unforgivable when i was a kid my friend's grandmother um my my best friend uh john his grandmother had been with john john yep john John. oh and his middle name was wayne how about that john wayne what well i don't want oh you never mentioned the last names um and so here's the thing though his grandmother had been widowed and uh, his grandfather died Uh, they moved into their house she uh his dad was real handy and had like finished made a finished basement for like apartment basically for her and and she had been widowed, and then eventually she got a boyfriend from church and hmm. married him. And just for the bit, I do need to say her entire name. Are you ready for, for his grandmother's name? I they called her Nani, which they spelled N-O-N-I-E, which I thought was confusing. N-O-N-I-E. Her name uh-huh. was Ardith Elsa Friederica Branhorst. <laughs> Then she got married. Oh, the last name really sold it. We're not I done. Like, we're, not done. we're not done. We're not done. We're not done. She also then got married and was widowed and remarried. Ardith, Elsa, Friederica, Branhorst, Donahue, Beale. That's a pretty. That's a pretty cool name. That's great. Ardith. Ardith sounds, is a very good old lady name. It is, and it's a very Irish sea sounding. Oh, name. you're right. She might be out there. Right? Yes, but she she wore a wig that would be blowing in the breeze. Uh, the false teeth. Uh, oh man, uh, she would transform before we before we uh, headed off for Sunday school. We're eating the egos, you know, in the morning, fixing yeah, yeah, to go sure. to church. Sure, wow, sure, sure. she really went underwent a transformation. Nani did. Ardith. Ardith. Now, now I feel like that's. I mean, it's a little bit Game of Thrones. That name. They put a but, G in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> Guard <laughs> on the Iron Island, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's it, it all it all does get very personal, but it's you know what I've said enough. I don't want to get into any more trouble, but you do no. need to really check yourself in terms of what you are saddling. We say a baby, or we say a child. No, saddling another human with. Like if My you name your child fax machine and then spell no, it wrong, no, that's rough. That. That's don't do that. there's all kinds of levels to that where they're just gonna be going, you know, fax machine, like you mean like the, the machine from the from the eighties and you're like, Yeah, but it's spelled different. Right, right. No, it's F A I C H. Oh, it's Welsh. <laughs> yeah. My my sister uh in the eighties started spelling her name with a Z. Susan. Oh, that and, is wow, that is very hypercolor. Well, it was, and I thought at the time, I mean, that's the type of thing that I normally would, you know, would have uh, antagonized her about. But in fact, I thought it was very cool. I was like, oh, I wish that there was a way I could put a Z in my name somehow. Jean, Z-H-A-N, <laughs> uh, Jean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Susan, it was very easy. And she, at that point in time, she was doing that thing where she had adopted a new handwriting style. She oh, interesting! Wow, she was she yeah. underwent she was uh, quite a uh, what do we call it like a swan like she's well, she's doing she was, the whole thing. You know, she was punk punk rock new wave, mm. and so she no longer could just write her words in cursive. She had to have a kind of, you know, she had to have a new gel pen style where she, you know, where she dotted her eyes. Oh, with I see. Symbols and I see. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And she changed her name to Susan with a Z and I was like that's so cool like I really approve of that that's like really cool like if you're if you're going to have a street name have it be your name except spelled with a Z how how awesome mm-hmm. well I was talking to her the other day because she's going through this experience I don't know if you know anybody that's having this experience I imagine you do 
but you know, Susan has been sort of a new age wellness person for a long time. I would say she um, feels like the a human potential kind of character. Yeah, I think it started, I don't know when, back she read The Secret. I don't, but maybe, hmm. uh, so that's kind of part of the point of the story. But she went through a, a transition where all of a sudden she was all about, you know, bells and chimes and, and, and incense and whatnot. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. But <laughs> Is that she, how she would describe <laughs> No, but she really then, she's gone hmm. full into it and for the last for the last decade at least has really, really been trying to uh, discover and unravel practice of spirituality and Eastern thinking and medicine and so forth. And now she's been writing a book about it Whoa. Uh, and about her own path through this whole, this whole experience that for a long time I was like, okay, you know, Reiki or whatever that is. And, <laughs> and now like, I'm really proud of her. She's, yeah. she has, invested herself in a kind of in a in a in a school of thought mm -hmm. that although I don't I don't interact with that school of thought personally I do appreciate the difference it's made in her life and she has you know she's now sort of pivoting to being a teacher but about a week ago she came to me and said I was talking to my reiki teacher and she told me um, that uh, she made some reference to the fact that during Trump's second term, there would be an awakening. And hmm. I said, uh-oh. And she said, what, what does that mean? You know, she, Susan often comes to me and is like, I, I, I read this or I saw this, and what does th that mean? And I, was I, like, I lost the thread for a minute. Who said there's going to be a second term? Well, we'll her, say that again. My sister's Reiki teacher. Oh, okay. And I said, well, I know this because my friend Ben Lee, the singer-songwriter from Australia, is a... Oh, um, I know that guy. He sang that song yeah. about uh, You Like the Pixies. I used yes. to listen to that guy. He's one, you know, he's married to Ione Scott. You know what? You told me that. I did know that. I apologize. It's, it's quite all right. But Ben Reiki. Lee is, a, is part of the wellness community. He, uh, and, and the wellness community, I think is the term of art that, em that envelops all of the people that you would imagine belong in a mm -hmm. community, the wellness community. I don't think I belong there. You uh -huh. and I don't live within a wellness community. Would you, would you agree? I do agree. I mean, I yes. would, I would scoot, I would ride my scooter past that community and not yeah. be worried, but I don't think I would spend like a, like a day there. Sure. Me too. It's just uh, there, there's elements of it that are extremely appealing, but it is the omnibus all in all the different things like uh, no, no offense, but like no, it's just no. all this. It's one thing, you know, for me to, you know, enjoy uh, Buddhism or getting things done. And another thing for me to be like all in on like every single pink book in a section of the bookstore. Right, right, right. Called relationships or in this well, case, so self-help. So Ben Lee has been online very vocal about the fact that there has been a, uh, and I think this is now uh, is becoming a mainstream understanding that uh, QAnon has infiltrated the wellness community through the oh, back Jesus. door of anti-vax yeah. and the back door of save the children or whatever. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, all of the yoga instructors and what I would have considered the ultimate hippie bowl ringers 
and people that were just like the, the, the true granola crunchers, the linen pants crowd are all of a sudden right. like talking about how Tom Hanks is drinking baby blood. Because and it so actually, these things have a lot in common if you yes. look at it from an angle that's not the, the straight on angle, which is like a suspicion of authority. Well, check for me. Suspicion of authority. Like, you know, there's all of, like, don't tell me what to do. There's the like, there is a secret or not secret uh, or, or a series of organizations that keep us subjugated. Right? right. I mean, there's a lot of it. Is, this isn't just like Ruby Ridge shit. A lot of this is the kind of thing you would read in a book about colon care in the mid 80s. Right, 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 and 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 it's weirdly nationalist at the same time, but also all all of the wellness community has been talking about how one day the the you know I don't know what the, they're all going to ascend directly to heaven and leave their Nikes behind. God, there's or something. so belief, belief kind of trumping, um, you know, sort of evidence kind of stuff. Yeah, Steve Jobs right. getting juice for his pancreatic cancer. There's, well, there's an element of like, this is the reality that I prefer. And like you telling me that that's not real is, is a real problem for me. And because, you know, alternative medicine, when it says Western medicine is incomplete and the fact that it rejects uh, these other these older medicines yeah. is a flaw in it, and to practice these other medicines in conjunction with it are you know is a, a more holistic approach. Like that argument always resonated with me. But Absolutely. I mean, like the thing is, if you have a headache and the headache's not going away, going to the same doctor and getting the same treatment is not going to be helpful. If you do, or if something unharmful happens in your life, you figure out how to squeeze that little webby area of your hand and that works mm. for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not sure reflexology is something they probably teach at, you know, Harvard Medical School, but maybe that's exactly the point. If, if it fixes the thing, that's one thing. But like drinking colloidal silver, like a lot, a lot, probably not a great idea. Well, but it's it's I think even even scarier when it starts to when when people start to say Western medicine as a whole is mm -hmm. bad, not useful, uh, unholy, right? Like to to say to say holistic medicine is um, is a a, a nice um, way of broadening Western medicine is totally great to say holistic medicine replaces Western medicine. Right. If you have an, if you have appendicitis, I wonder what you're going to do. And it's the Christian science problem or whatever, you know, it's oh, like, absolutely. I mean, like the, like I've, I've always said, for example, like if you can't figure out what to do in a situation, ask yourself what advice you would give to someone you love in that same situation. Right, I, but there I are people all the time that I mean, this used to be a thing all, all the time where people yeah. would get prosecuted for sitting there praying next to their right. kid while they died of cancer. Well, that that that's what I was going to say is like, okay, so if your kid was uh, <laughs> having what Western medicine calls appendicitis, like, what would you do about it? And I right. I don't know, maybe I'm just too much of a, a liberal elite, but when you ask it that way, you know, it's like, well, well hopefully you're going to take care of your kid. There are all those people right now that are that are uh, that are dying of COVID and trying to claim that it's um, you know that it's gum disease or whatever because they don't want it to be COVID more than they don't want to die. But but all of us. So my sister's sitting here and I'm trying to explain to her when your Reiki teacher says that during Trump's second term there's going to be uh, like a quickening. Is it considered a drop? <laughs> what, yeah, what your Reiki teacher is saying is yeah. that she believes that Tom Hanks is drinking baby's blood. And Susan's like, what are you talking about? And I said, 
text your Reiki teacher right now and ask her uh, if she uh, if she thinks that Hillary Clinton is uh, harvesting adrenochrome. Har- harvesting adrenochrome. <laughs> and her her Reiki teacher writes her back, and in the series in in the space of about a minute and a half. Uh, says to my sister that um, the Matrix was a documentary. That um, hmm. that there are things that uh, that Susan um, that's uh, what what she wants is for Susan to to uh, to red pill herself, and and um, she's she her Reiki teacher has been educated recently. She has a couple of documentaries she'd like Susan to watch. Oh boy! But. The, but the long and the short of it is that, yes, Hollywood and politicians are harvesting babies and adrenochrome is real. Yep. And so the, the, the looking, more scared you get the kid right before you kill him, the higher quality oh, of the adrenochrome. Yeah. Oh, you got to yeah. get an extra Little, terrified. Mm-hmm. And, I, and Susan was like, what the hell is adrenochrome? And I said, do you remember Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? You know, like we had this wonderful conversation about how adrenochrome – you know, adrenochrome really. If you really want the good shit, it comes from monkeys. You got to milk. You got to milk, milk a monkey. monkey. Yeah. Huh. But so, so Susan starts texting her wellness people, and within the course of forty-eight hours, she finds that she is personally acquainted with and in a professional kind of like like intimate sort of spiritual new age relationship with five different people who believe that Tom Hanks is milking. Uh, scared babies for adrenochrome. And Susan's standing there in this state of like, like uh, she's, she's almost comatose with, with confusion. So she was, she was shocked. I'm sorry, just to clarify, she was shocked to find that this was happening and that it was so many people that it was happening with. She'd never heard of it before. Okay. And then all of a sudden she realizes that she knows people that oh, believe wow. this. And then all of a sudden she, she realizes she knows multiple people that believe this. Oh my God, what an afternoon that would be. I know. And they're all, and she, because she's still struggling with the fact that like, wait a minute, we're hippie leftists. Like right. we're the ones that believe in the oceans and stuff. How can you possibly be like, and she still doesn't have her head around it. But in the course of that, I was like, you know, you you've been going through this new age thing for the last decade or something. And, 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 you know, I understand that this is having a profound, uh, like, um, this is a profound, like, uh, like upturning of what you believe the whole movement is. And she said, what do you mean for the last decade? I changed my name to Susan back in the eighties. Oh and boy. And I said, I was like, Sue Zen. And she was like, yeah, Zen. Oh, come on, John. No. This and is I how you found, oh my God. I was like, it was you, Zen? That was a Zen instead of like a Zed in the middle of a cool Holy punk rock shit. name? And she was you like, did it again. It you did it Zen. again to me. Holy shit. Suzen. Suzen. Uh-huh. Music for our mess age. Ching, 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 ching. Kamuna Batana Adrenochrome Corpse Position